You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 315. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 315. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Well, hello. I feel I feel like I'm like a little kid dining, like, like a little kid wanting to be dining with the big kids, trying to sit at the big table. Yes. That, mm-hmm. So we we're in our new podcasting space. Yes, we are. We have this crazy little room that's off of our closet. It's off the master closet, and it looks like a safe room. Yeah, we've been calling it the safe room. Now it's been called the the podcast room. Now it's the podcast room. So we're, we think we might actually house some of our Halloween costumes in here, too. We're not sure yet. It might help with the acoustics. The acoustics. We're, we're <laughs> working. That really makes me feel like a little kid. Like, <laughs> to say it like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we will be getting new mics. Thank you for bearing with us with our crazy sound last, last podcast. And I'm, hey, I think they like our sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Thank you for hanging with us and our whole process getting out here to North Carolina and getting our dream home and just the whole thing has been so crazy, but incredibly rewarding. So we're excited to have a little sense of normalcy. I don't have a big girl chair yet, so I'm sitting on an ottoman. We couldn't fit the chair through the closet door. It's too small. (laughs) So Mr. Smith had to take his chair all apart. And rebuild it inside the yeah it's a mess. <laughs> this is what we do. This is the high class sort of quality entertainment. Right. It's quality entertainment. Yeah, this is a class act over here. It's like top production level. Yeah, high production level. Right That's here. right. So we are going to be talking about cultivating optimism today. Let's do it. Let's do it. This was actually something that was posed from a member of the after hours community. Okay. And I talked about it a little bit over there. If you're not familiar with After Hours, it is the most positive corner of the internet, or at least of Facebook, in my my opinion. It's extremely optimistic. Good to hear. It's very exclusive and inclusive at the same time. Wow. Basically, I created a Facebook group where all of the people who are a part of the pod can actually come and talk and ask more questions and have community and support one another. And I do additional trainings every single Thursday where you can bring specific issues to me and I'm happy to sound off. We do Warm Fuzzy Wednesdays. Mr. Smith always talks about the Would You Rather every yeah, Monday. That's right. And so you get to kind of hang out, talk to Mr. Smith a little bit. It's fun. It's just a, a little bit. It's a just, little bit. Just a little touch. So if you would like to come join us, we would love to have you. Just go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club and that will redirect you right over to the Facebook group. And like I said, this was something that came up in the group. And I thought, this is a really great topic for the pod, period. So we're going to jump into that full force here in a second. But I, th- I think it's it's time for you to, to sound off a little bit. Yeah, we have a segment that we like to call... Would you rather... 
And that would you rather today is would you rather <laughs> adopt a cat or adopt a dog? It's very straightforward, this, very simple. Are you serious? That's it's the would you nice, rather? simple, easy one this time. I sent you one that yeah, was yeah. so amazing. And we're going to do that one, but not this week. <sighs> a dog. <laughs> hey, I want to see who my cat people are and who my dog people are out there. <laughs> hey, I wanna know. hey, it's I, w- I want to see. It is important to know. I don't, I mean, I'm up, I'm up for cats, but I'm definitely more of a dog person. What are you? I feel um, like you are too. I'm a dog person for sure. Yeah. I enjoy cats. I'm not saying I ha- I'm a cat hater. No, I don't hate I'm them. I'm not a cater. <laughs> <laughs> Does Wait. that work? No. Yeah, it might be. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've had cats in our past. Yes. In our coupleage. Yeah. It was our first animals was cats. That's right. Yeah. And maybe it was just them. You know, like one was super skittish and just always afraid. And I want animals that come and cozy on me and lay on me. So if we had a cat that was super loving yes. and cuddly, I'd be totally down It'd for be it. Different, yeah. It would be down for it. Our our other cats just never really were didn't give me what I needed in the cuddle. <laughs> well, when you arena. adopt an animal, you definitely don't know what you're getting. That's true. It's true. Yeah. But dogs, all damn day. All damn. But okay, so here I do have to say this. There are pros and cons, of course. Like, the, what are the prongs and cons? The prongs and cons. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> that is a very funny inside joke of a friend of mine who English was not her first language, and she was trying to say <laughs> weigh out the pros and cons, uh-huh. and she said prongs and cons. <laughs> the prongs and cons. We must weigh out the prongs and cons. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Well, with the cats, what's great is you don't ever have to take them out. They handle their own litter box. But Inside you, cats. But you have to clean the fucking litter box, which sucks. Yes. And it yes. that was always an issue for us, like trying to keep the stench the cat out. Cat box is the worst part of cats. But there's there, there's a, a lot of new innovations with that too. So. That's true. That's true. But it is maintenance. But so is a dog. You have to take them outside, or they poop in the house too. And the maintenance of people watching your cats is yeah. far less. Like That's they true. just have to pop in and like. You can be gone for the weekend. Right. Leave out some food and water. And I mean, maybe fine. even four or five, six, seven days. Yeah. <laughs> but a dog? Now we're getting into neglect. Right? Now we're getting into neglect. Um, Inappropriate. And I, dogs, I'm not, I'm, dogs don't like that. No, you they can't. They don't handle that very well. You need to take them out. For the most part. They need routine. Mm-hmm. And for us, we have one that's extremely quiet. I don't want anything that barks. Yeah, that's yappy. You, you know, real dogs. yappy, barky right. dogs. And people say all the time, like, does sheep bark? And I'm like, no, like literally never barks. I can probably count on both hands in her lifetime. How many times? The she last time I shit you not, the last time I heard her bark was in 2017. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I remember the day. It was. You were walking the dog and we were having an open house. We were having we an open had house. Open house sign out and she barked at the open house sign. Yeah, for some reason. Some strange reason. She didn't like that sign. She freaked out. I don't even know if she has the capability of. A barking any longer. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. She's kind of falling apart. Bless her heart. Aww. She's 15. She's our little old lady. Yeah, she's our little old lady. All right. So enough of that. We want to know, are you a dog person or a cat person? <laughs> we need to get somebody new on this segment. Oh. Here. oh no, never, never, never. There you go. No, I would never. It's really hard to find good help, especially who lives in your house and is willing, <laughs> willing to do this with you for six years. <laughs> so come over to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. And share with us what you would rather, and we will have a lovely, I'm sure, lively debate 
over in the after hours community. That's about, right. So just everybody be fucking nice, okay? Nice. Yeah, we don't need to be rude to each other. There's no reason for that. So speaking of being nice, let's talk about cultivating optimism. Okay. And I think this is something that it, we all know that person who always is the Debbie Downer, always see. And why is it Debbie? Yeah. Why, it, Daniel why Downer. Yeah. Donnie Downer. Donnie Downer. Yeah. Donnie Downers. Yes. You, so you know these uh-huh. Donnie and Debbie Downers <laughs> and the gender nonconforming Downers <laughs> <laughs> and the gender fluid Downers. So we all know those people or whenever you ask them how they are, it's always something negative. They're always talking about this, the worst stuff, or they're saying things like, oh, of course this would happen to me. It's always my luck. They kind of are always looking on the dark side of things instead of the bright side. Yeah. And I think this can also show up in being overly critical, overly cynical, skeptical, where you're kind of always looking for, like, someone's going to take advantage of me. There's some sort of angle here This mm-hmm. where you're always kind of on guard. And a lot of times that stems, surprise, surprise, from your childhood, something where you didn't feel safe. And that was the way that you started building up your armor and a way that you could take care of yourself. So let's talk about changing that, especially if, you know, I don't think that that's as much the people who are here listening to the show. But what I do think happens with a large portion of the audience is a struggle with anxiety in some way. And when you have anxious thoughts, you tend to go to the what if bad scenario. We don't usually what if in a good way. That's very true. That's true. I think for many of y'all listening, it's going to be more about the, the perspective that you carry in your own mind. So a lot of the tools and tactics that I'm going to share with you today have have more to do with you and controlling your environment, looking at your mindset, things like that. Okay. So I think it should be good. All right. So basically, these are going to be nine different tactics you can take. So I want you, as you're thinking about this, as you're listening, I want you to think about the ones that you could implement immediately. Some of them are no-brainers. They're super easy. But how can you make sure that you don't just listen to the show, get out of your car or finish your makeup or finish cooking and just be done and still go back to seeing the glass half empty. Mm-hmm. So decide on a handful of these that, and those of you who are, you know, recovering perfectionists out there, you don't have to do all fucking nine. Okay. <laughs> just pick something that's implementable. Number one, create a morning practice. This is something that can really set your day up correctly and on the right foot. So you know how we always have that that saying of, oh, you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Absolutely. What that really means is you started off with something negative in your day, right? You spilled coffee on yourself. You fell out of bed. The dog puked right before you had to leave for work. Something shitty happened. And because something shitty happened in our minds, depending on if you're a glass half full or half empty, we start gathering evidence to support shitty things happening. So if we are really focused on pessimism, we then we notice every asshole who cuts us off. Absolutely. And then we pay attention to how what a dick our boss was or you know how the kids need you to pick them up because they're not feeling well at school or something like, right? And we start looking at all of these things through a negative lens. Mm-hmm. 
Versus if you start your day off on a positive note, it's more likely that you're going to gather evidence to support optimism instead of pessimism. There are tons of ways to create a morning practice. Those of you who like to write and like to journal, that's a great place to do it. In fact, our minds go into a subtle state of hypnosis twice a day where we enter into the theta brainwaves. The theta brainwave state is basically when we're in, in a hypnotic state. And we do that when we process from waking into sleep or when we process from sleep into wake. Okay. So if you can even keep a journal like right by you, you can tap into a lot of the subconscious stuff that you want to address. Mm. So if you just wake up and you have a journal right next to you and you start writing like my intention today is to fill in the blank, act from a place of courage, look for the positive things in life, stand in my confidence. Mm. If you do that during that small window of time when you were naturally in a hypnotic state, you're more likely to cement that message into the subconscious mind. Okay. So it's kind of a, yeah, that's it's cool. a, that's a little hypnosis, a hypno hack for you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just coined something really you awesome. Did, a hypno hack. And we're going to call it a hypno hack. Journaling, it doesn't have to be long, right? Like you don't have to do page after page after page. You could simply write down what you want to stay focused on that day or the motivation you want to come from that day. Another little hypno hack, by the way, is there's an idiomotor response that happens when you take pen to paper. So it's Mm -hmm. basically this idea of what's happening in your mind is now translated through the physical act of writing. You can also do it through typing. That's wild. It's crazy. That's cool. Yeah. It is another hypno hack. It's a way for you to access the subconscious mind. I'm not the best journaler. I never really have been. I'll be really straightforward about that. However, I love pulling cards like card decks. So you can get all sorts of different card decks, whether it's, you know, goddesses or tarot or uh, witches or whatever it is that inspires you and brings you, you know, sort of this empowerment for your day. Maybe it's a spirituality practice. But pulling a card deck or just a deck, card from a deck. Hey, nice deck. <laughs> we, had to, we had to do it. Got a nice deck there. <laughs> That's a real thick deck. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. We have explicit content for a reason. Okay. Mind <laughs> the E. Just talking about decks. Mind the E. <laughs> so you pull a card from the deck and then you look at it as wisdom for your day. And I love that. And that's a great, easy way to set up your morning. Just very simply, while you are brushing your teeth or doing something habitual, you can set your intention for the day. One of my favorite things to do before I even get out of bed is to do some meditation. I've really gotten out of it since we've moved and stuff. I need to get back to it. But I keep headphones by my bed and I have a couple of different apps, things I enjoy listening to. Sometimes they're hypnosis tracks. Sometimes they're just straight up meditation. Throw that on. Five minutes. Like you don't have to start doing 20 minute meditations. You even one minute. Yeah. Build up. And by the way, meditation is just observing your thoughts. It's not eliminating thoughts. Yes. And we a lot of times, myself very much included, I thought I can't meditate because I can't control my thoughts. And first of all, both of those things are false because we can control our thoughts. Mm -hmm. And Awareness is about noticing when your mind wanders during meditation and going, oh, okay, there it just went. Bring it back. 
it's being it's almost being able to see your mind from a voyeuristic standpoint. Mm-hmm. That's what meditation is. That's it. It's being a steward or an observer of your thoughts. That's it. So oh. and and that increases awareness so that we understand how we behave in other scenarios too, right? Like, wow, I just noticed my mind did this when that person said this compliment or this negative thing to me. And you can observe your thoughts a little more acutely. That's amazing. Yeah, that's a good tool. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Like, I think a lot of people go, ah, oh, meditation's not for me, or I'm not right. spiritual. It's like, no, no, no. It's just observing your mind. Right. But if you put it in that framework, it takes... It takes the pressure off. The pressure off. Yeah, that's the word. Right? Like, you don't need a fancy fucking pillow to sit on. Right, right. You don't need, you know, beads around your neck. You don't need a nose ring. Shut up. You just <laughs> mind your own business. It is a septum ring. It is, oh, oh, it yeah, is yeah, not yeah. <laughs> septum, septum ring. So sorry. Giving me shit. My <laughs> goodness. All right. So number one is create a morning practice. Start with something that you can actually do. Okay. Not something that's overwhelming, like I'm gonna do of 40 things in the morning. All right. Number two, when shit hits the fan, focus on the meta view instead of the micro view. Mm. This is a tool that I learned when I went to coaching school, and it was this idea of how we get really stuck in the the micro view of things and the minutia of the day in and day out things of your partner forgot to pick up your kid from school and you just lose your ever love and mind, mm-hmm. right? Instead of looking at the big picture of, okay, thank God I was available. I'm able to go pick them up. Yeah. Thank God it wasn't a fucking school shooting. Thank, you know, we- What we, if good? We, it's a what if good, Right. So, again, that, that's a tool that we've talked about in the past, this idea of when our mind goes into the what if bad, what if bad, what if bad, to come up with some what if goods. And this is another example of that. It's like perspective bad, perspective good. Yeah. And one of the things that I like to say about the glass being half full or half empty is it is the same motherfucking glass. So that <laughs> glass is the same. It all it will change depending on how you look at it. That's right. What that glass ever do to you? Exactly. Poor glass. <laughs> but that it's the it's not that it really is negative or that it really is positive or that it really is half full or really half empty. It's how you perceive it's it. The perception, yeah. The glass is going to be the same. So why not choose something that's really empowering? So we had a situation a while back. This was really funny. And I kind of noticed my optimism because about four cars that were lined up in our apartment complex, this is before we moved, four cars got keyed. Mm. And I think it was probably some little kid because it, they were just like scribbles and they weren't, it wasn't like die bitch or it wasn't, yeah. you know, it was not like <laughs> malicious. It looked like a kid, just a younger kid. I don't know. So one of our neighbors got their car keyed. And so we're out. She she had called the cops to file a police report. And (laughs) so so I'm talking to her about it. And she's just like, oh, this really fucking sucks, you know, and just really negative about it. Yeah, I remember this. And I was like, yeah, well, it could be so much worse. Like, of course, I'm like shit and glitter and going like, well, it could be so much worse. Like, thank God they didn't steal, you know, stereo systems or, you know, no theft happened or nobody was no, injured. Yeah. And so I'm looking at like all of the, the perspective good, like all of the awesome things that we can look at and be grateful for. Mm-hmm. And she kept going, yeah, but it really does fucking suck, though. And I'm like, yeah. 
But gosh, I'm so thankful that, and I kept... The dueling perspective. It was a total dueling perspective. And she's like, yeah, but it really is shitty. I had a situation in uh, one of our apartments years and years ago where a cop was doing something in the apartment complex and hit my car. I remember that. And had to come to my door. Yeah. And he was super apologetic. And I'm thinking, holy shit, something's happened to somebody. And then when I find out that he just hit my car, I'm like, oh, that's fine. Like, I got insurance. It's fine. We'll figure it out. But so often we allow that minutia, those micro viewpoints to ruin our lives. Yes. Or or more so than ruin our life, I would say ruin our mood, ruin, ruin our emotions, ruin our energies. Yes. And so looking in the bigger picture of, well, at least I live in a place where I'm not worried about being bombed. At least I have, you know, full, all my faculties. At least I have a, an amazing roof over my head. We We went through this a little bit with our loan. And we... We got some really bad news. We thought we were closing and we we didn't close on the day we had expected. And it was throwing a lot of our moving operations. It was was throwing some major shade, but it was throwing all of our operations into total chaos. And we we were basically going to be hoping to close on Monday and moving on Tuesday. So it really put a lot of craziness into our day. And I really started looking at the meta view of it. And I kind of went, okay. Yes, this blows. This fucking sucks. It's not ideal. For sure. But now we have the whole day off together. We can go look for new furniture. The, it's not affecting the actual sell, sale of the house. The, the sellers were not pulling out. They weren't saying, screw you, we're done. We didn't lose the house. And like, we have to look at the bigger picture of things. Right. So that's number two. And the entry point is going to be when you're pissed. When you're frustrated, when you're disappointed, when shit hits the fan, focus on the meta view instead of the micro view. Mm -hmm. And that might even be a simple journaling of like, how am I attached to the micro view? What's the meta view? Mm -hmm. I like it. Something like that. Now, that's not to say that if you are experiencing a lot of frustration, anger, sadness, that you don't need some time to process that. You were pissed the fuck off at that time. I was. And there was no... I was going to break some shit. You were going to break... I was like, take it outside. Mm-hmm. It, it was you, It was necessary for you to expel that negative energy. Yes. That's a part of the awareness of going, okay, I need to yell, scream, scribble, hit a punching bag, hit not a human, <laughs> beat the shit out of my bed, primal, you know, whatever it might be to process the anger. Sometimes that happens and then you have to look at the meta view. Right. You can't do it in the heat of the intensity. So channel that anger appropriately. All right. Number three is to cultivate an attitude of gratitude. This is something you could pair with your morning routine if you wanted and take time to journal. I love to just think about it. So sometimes when I'm doing that morning meditation is I will just start going through a list in my head of all of the things I'm thankful for. Hmm. I mean, and it spans all over the place. Sometimes it's, I'm so thankful for my gel pens. I fucking love my gel pens. <laughs> that simple, yeah. You know, sometimes I'm, like, I'm so thankful for my sex life. Or I'm so thankful for this house. That, yeah. I'm thankful for my little dog that she's made it through. I'm thankful no. that I have all my toes. I'm thankful, you know, like just 
anything and everything that we overlook because we get sucked up in this shit that sucks. Like little kids' prayers at night. That's right. Right? Yeah. Bless everything. Yeah. Bless daddy. Bless mommy. <laughs> bless my doll babies. Yeah. Bless my truck. Bless the whales. Yeah. Bless yeah. the koalas. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we got number one, morning practice. Number two, meta view versus micro view. Number three, attitude of gratitude. Another way you can implement attitude of gratitude is to go into your place of work and ask people, what are you thankful for today? What are you grateful for today? I started doing that when I was working in cosmetics and it, you know, we're all negative, right? Like it was all about like this fucked up customer situation or we're out of this still, we're still out of stock. My shift was shitty, whatever. But I would just start going like, well, what are you thankful for today? What are you thankful for today? And it was a really great way to look at optimism every single day and cultivate it in others. But now I really feel like I focus on a pretty optimistic plane most of the time. You do. Most of the time. Number four, take the no complaint challenge. Mm, That's a good one. I want you to think about this as a new come from or a new mantra. I am only willing to complain about shit I'm willing to take action on. So the antithesis would be I'm no longer willing to complain on shit I'm not willing to take action on. Yes, that's great. Again, I do think we have to blow off steam sometimes. We have to vent. We have to clear it out. I think that's really, really important. However, I do think that there are many of us who can get stuck in the chronic bitching about your dipshit boss. Mm -hmm. And who do you talk to about it? Your partner. You don't do anything about it. Right. And you just complain and complain and complain. Or even the situation with politics. Just I've, I've had to do this myself where I get so frustrated with where we're at. And I just want to talk shit, talk shit, talk shit. And that doesn't do anything. So I'm like, what can I do? I can vote. I can send money. I can sign petitions. Like, what can I actually do so that I'm not just staying in a place of complaint? Sure. Yeah. Try even doing like a no complaint challenge for like two days Mm -hmm. and see what changes for you. See see if your dialogue with your coworkers change. See what changes when you converse with your partner or when you converse with your children. How many times are you focused on what is going wrong instead of what's going right? Yes. All right. Number four, no complaint challenge. Number five, this is a huge one and an easy, easy one. When someone asks you how you are, find something positive that you are. Right? I love these. No one likes to say, hey, how are you? And someone's like, ah, I'm all right. (laughs) You know, or like, I'm just really stressed or I'm this. So I don't lie, but I will say something like, you know what? I'm not at my best, but I will be. I like it. That's great. If I'm sick, I'm like, you know what? I'm on the road to recovery. You know what, though? Um, There is something to be said for when someone asks me that question and I say something that I'm actually not, it actually puts me in that mood. Right. It's like fake it till you make it kind of thing. Yeah, kind of. I'll use like fine as wine in the springtime or. um, Oh, you come up with a fun quip. Yeah. Like a fun little quip to say, like any better, I'd be twins. (laughs) That was your client. Yeah, my client. I stole it from him. He said I had to give him credit three times and then it was mine. So it's mine now. Oh, it is. Okay. Okay. And he has since passed on. And he has since passed. Yes. God bless you. He would also say, when you would say. How are you feeling as far yeah, as... Yeah, if he wasn't feeling good, he'd be like, oh, I feel stiff as a prick on wedding night. 
<laughs> so good. This is a 95 year old man. Because uh, obviously Mr. Smith works in body work and he was, you know, mis- <laughs> you know, doing body work massage on him. And so. Yeah, if, yeah, 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 yeah. If he was stiffy, tell me. But anyway. I like my, that. My point is, I feel like sometimes, yes, you have to be authentic with yourself. But at the same time, I find that if I just say that, it puts me in that place of like, yeah, I am actually doing pretty good. That's right. All things considered. That's right. You know? Something that I'll also say, like if I'm really tired, I'll say, you know what? I've been really tired, but if that's the worst thing going on with me, I've got a lot to be thankful for. That's good. Yeah, that's good. And it's a, it's a perspective statement. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to tell you I feel like I have a ton of energy if I don't. But you're absolutely right. And it's similar to that idea of changing your body posture to feel more confident, things like that. It's like you can start with positive wording and do it in a way that feels authentic to you and but find the thing that you are that you can authentically say, like, I'm you know what? I'm just really grateful. Right. Even if things are, are really tough. You know, or you could even say, you know, things have been really tough lately, but I'm I'm trying very hard to focus on the the great things in my life. Hey, there you go. Super straightforward and honest, right? But nobody likes a complainer. And there was a study, and I don't I don't have any of the stats on it, but it was something like when people ask you how you are and you're not doing very well, there's a very small portion of the population that actually gives a shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what you're looking for is sympathy or empathy in that moment. Most of the time, people are either irritated with you saying that, or they actually like it that you're not doing well. Right, right. Like there's a competition element. It's a jealousy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't work. (laughs) You're not going to get the sympathy or the empathy that you're looking for. So you might as well focus on the positive, and which is magnetic, like you said. It's the same thing that we were talking about when you wake up on the wrong side of the bed. You wake up on the right side of the bed, you start focusing on all the things that are positive. You say positive things out of your mouth, you start seeing and feeling more positive things in your life. If I woke up on the wrong side of the bed, I would have to roll over you. I would be fucking crushed. (laughs) But I wake up on the same side of the bed every day. We did. We For a while, we switched all over the place. That's true. But but generally speaking. Generally, yeah. I get out of the bed the same place. Every day. Yeah, pretty much. So it's it's about me. It's not about the bed. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I see where you're going with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So we've got number six. Watch what you consume. This really was prevalent for me with news. And I have, uh, I have yeah. to really watch myself yeah, because I do like to stay informed. However, I find that so much media is skewed and I get worked the fuck up, which I'm sure is great for their ratings. And I've realized that that doesn't help me serve my people better. It doesn't help me be a better person in my marriage. It doesn't help me get on the road and feel more calm. And honestly, you're not any better informed. That's true. I mean, it it really is true. But even stuff like if I'm feeling really discouraged about my body image or not feeling very attractive, I'm not going to go surf through Instagram and look at a bunch of fitness models or watch Kardashians. That's my total trigger if I'm not feeling attractive or not feeling good about myself. You have to watch what you consume. Lately, what I've really had to notice is I am obsessed with true crime. I don't know if anybody else out there is another murderino like I am, but I am... I'm obsessed with it. And so I will listen to podcasts on cults or on, you know, missing persons things or, you know, this one podcast that I'm completely obsessed with. 
But I'm thinking about egregious murder and death a lot. And so I have to really step aside from that as entertainment because I find it unbelievably fascinating. But I realize, like, I have to step aside from that and listen to some positive stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Don't be scared. I'm not scared. (laughs) I'm not scared. What do you think I'm scared of? (laughs) But (laughs) But especially when you are in a in a more fragile place, when you're not feeling super confident or when mm. you're feeling more negative or, or hopeless about the state of our, our nation, that's not the time to watch the news. That's not, those are the times to watch shit that makes you laugh your ass off. Right. Yeah. Um, which is sort of the, the remedy to that. One of my favorite, favorite things to do when I'm feeling down is to go to YouTube and watch a bunch of Jimmy Fallon, mm-hmm. you know, like all of his games that he plays with his guests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if, if we're having a down day, like during, you know, the, the craziness with the house, I would say, let's just watch something funny. Yeah. So yeah. watch and read stuff that makes you laugh or smile. Even just physically smiling can increase your optimism. Absolutely. And I'm not saying that in the, the gross way, like with the whole patriarchal, like, hey, why don't you smile? Like, not that. <laughs> I'm just talking about l- what it actually does for your psyche when you smile. Mm-hmm. Because it helps to really bolster that, that feeling of optimism. Similar to optimism. saying what you feel yep. or how you want to feel. That's right. Right. Even if you say something like, um, I'm working on my confidence, I'm working on owning my confidence or embracing my body, like something where you're kind of on your way. I like to call that progressive language. Yes. So awesome. Number six is- now, do you teach oh, progressive language in your-, in, your um, in Deep Down and Dirty? Deep Down and Dirty? I do. Yeah. Actually, I do. Yeah, we do an entire like module on it. Oh, awesome. So if, those of you who aren't familiar, Deep Down and Dirty is my signature program. It, it spans over about four months' time. It's radically transformational. In fact, I was just reading some of the gals were welcoming in some new new students, and they said, this, this is completely life-changing. You won't even recognize yourself in a few months. And, mm-hmm. and just, it, it was so incredible to hear them relay that to a new student. Yeah, yeah. Especially after, you know, a fairly decent purchase. Right. It's nice to feel that confidence of these people are either gone through the program or going through the program, and they're solidifying my decision. That's right. And yeah. they become they become ambassadors. Yeah. And I hear all the time people tell me like, that's great. Oh my gosh, I, I started this new company now because I feel so empowered and I quit smoking because mm. I feel so I'm that I feel that I'm enough. So we covered this a lot in Deep Down and Dirty. I because it's so intimate and I only take a certain amount of people at a time. It is sort of an interview type of process. Right. Um, but your first step, if you're interested in that and you want to get to a place where you completely believe in yourself. You believe in your worthiness, your enoughness. You're not so consumed with what everybody else thinks, perfectionism, people-pleasing, control, all that nonsense. Yeah. And you can't keep doing that. You can't imagine six months, one year, two years from now waking up and still feeling the same fucking way. Right. If that's you, go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. You'll see a completely free masterclass that I've put together for you where you can see sort of my approach and you're going to learn a shit ton in the workshop already. Right. So have a watch through that if you're interested in Deep Down and Dirty. And I think it'll really spark a lot of like, no wonder this hasn't worked for me or no yeah. wonder. Because I talk a lot about how the subconscious and the conscious mind work and why Deep Down and Dirty actually yields results because we're changing changing the neural pathways in the brain. Exactly. 
But thank you so much for asking, Mr. Smith. Uh, that's what I do. <laughs> I know. You're the best. <laughs> All right. So number six, again, was watch what you consume. Read, watch stuff that makes you smile or laugh, especially in the middle of a, like a Debbie or Donnie Downer phase. Number seven, shocker, watch who you surround yourself with. And this is huge because a lot of times when we are miserable in something, we're colluding with other people who are also miserable. Mm -hmm. So you find like if you're really struggling with your weight or your body image, you and your friend talk shit about your bodies together. Yeah. Or you and your buddy really hate your boss, so that's what you talk about all the time. Mm -hmm. Or you're both divorcees, so you talk shit about men or women. You, you, you do see what I mean? It's yeah. like where we, we get stuck in this, oh, we have this mutual understanding of something shitty. Let's focus on that. Mm -hmm. So you can very easily say like, hey, you know, I know that we both have like been through the ringer with our divorces. Let's focus on what we do want. Yeah. And, like and start switching that. Or just really watching, like, do I need to distance myself a bit from this person? In fact, uh, one of the students in Deep Down and Dirty had just mentioned that how much the perspective changes about the people in your life and how she was like, oh, my God, they're saying stuff that I used to say all the time. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine speaking like that anymore right. about myself, about confidence, about what's possible, about belief in yourself. It's pretty damn transformational, if I do say so myself. Hashtag transformational. That's right. Tweet that. <laughs> so take that inventory, watch who you surround yourself with, and look at if you can eliminate or scale down or distance yourself or call them forth, right? That's such a coaching term. But like calling somebody in and saying like, hey, I know we collude all the time. I know our bosses blah. Let's, how can we switch and focus on something that's more positive? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done that with girlfriends where I'm like, listen, I know you work in an industry that's very image driven, but I can't be that one who picks apart our bodies together. Right, I just right. can't, I can't be that friend for you and just boundary up. Right? right. It doesn't mean you have to fade out of every friendship. It just means you have to be vocal. Number eight, use technology. Find apps that send you positive messages. Find meditation apps that you can use in either your morning practice or whenever you need it. Look for positive accounts online on Facebook, Insta, or wherever you tend to hang out. Look for people who are constantly pumping out really positive messages that you can surround yourself with. Look for alarms on your phone to send you little notes of things you want to remember, things you want to focus on. Change your screensavers. Have your screensavers be something that's positive or optimistic. You can use that stuff, you know, in a way that is extremely positive and optimistic. Like, hey, Siri, tell me something positive today, right? <laughs> like, we have so many unique answers available to us in technology. And then number nine, rounding it up with watch that self-talk. Well, that's a classic. I'm going to link to another podcast that I've done specifically on how to stop talking shit to yourself. So have a listen to that. It'll be in the show notes. That is incredibly important because our self-talk is something that we cannot escape. It is there 24-7. Yeah. That's why it's probably the most important thing. That is also why you might listen to a positive podcast and for 30 minutes during the day, and then the rest of the 23 plus hours, you are talking shit to yourself. It's not going to work. I also think that the workshop 
that I mentioned will be really insightful for you as well. Because again, I dig into a lot of that around how to speak to yourself and also this idea of collecting personal development too and how mm. that doesn't work. So again, check that out at thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. And if you want more to dig into that self-talk, be sure to check out the the show notes where I have uh, the pod, the, uh, the additional pods listed. So quick little recap. Nine ways to cultivate that optimism. Number one, create a morning practice. Number two, when shit hits the fan, give yourself some time to process, but focus on that meta view instead of the micro view. Number three, have an attitude of gratitude. Look for all the things that you are grateful for. You can do that like every day. Commit to posting it on Facebook or do something where you can make it habitual. Yeah. Draw it with, you know, those dry erase markers on your on your mirror. Your <laughs> on your face. <laughs> <laughs> on your mirror or something like that. Number four, take the no complaint challenge. Number five, when someone asks how you are, focus on the positive. Number six, watch what you consume. Read and watch things that make you smile or laugh or feel good. Number seven, watch who you surround yourself with and call forth the people who, you know, maybe are slipping into those negative perspectives. And I'll also link um, how to share personal development with others. I'm going to link to that one as well because that can be a helpful podcast. And number eight, use your technology for good, for the good, for the better purpose. And number nine, watch that self-talk. So there you have it. Anything else you wanted to throw in the mix or any other thoughts you had? You know, what might be a good idea is to take this list and make it pretty or do whatever you want with it, but put it on the wall as you get out of bed or next to your mirror or on the fridge or on the fridge or somewhere where you're going to see it in the morning and pick one. Yeah. And do that one for the day. I love it. And then the next day, pick another one and do that one for the day. It's just so you can kind of hone the skills. Because if you think of all of these at once, you get a little overwhelmed. That's oh, right. I was supposed to do this. I'm supposed to do that. And you get down on yourself or whatever. Right. But if you just pick one, practice it, Yep. you get better at it. And then you don't even have to look at the list anymore. It's become it's ingrained. Be- it's be- you've changed the neurons. That's right. right. That's right. So um, that would be my advice. Nice. Well, I think that was some stellar advice, Mr. Well, thank you. It is so great to have you on the show. It's great to have you on the show, too. Well, thank you. Thanks for joining. Ew. Oh, my gosh. Uh, All right. Too far? Too far? Yeah, just... (laughs) I need a spray bottle. Like... Uh, (laughs) Can you imagine? That is so demeaning. (laughs) (laughs) That is hilarious. Or like on... uh, Do you like how I said, don't you even dare... Get my glasses wet. Yeah, that's what you're yeah, most yeah, concerned that's what about. I'm worried about. It reminded me of when Caesar Milan was on South Park. Oh my and god! And they were training Cartman, and every time he would do something, they'd be like, just like <laughs> poke him in the neck. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing! And then he'd start to like get all like, like sassy, and then I just use two fingers, nip at the child's neck. Doesn't hurt the child. Just let him know I am dominant. If you really think that you can knock it off. See, I'm not validating his bad behavior with either negative or positive response. (laughs) All right. Well, that is the show for today. So please check out the show notes. Come hang out. We've got a bunch of work in store for you. And we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out. Ms. 
Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Smith out. Move. Mr. and Mrs. <laughs> Bye.